Good morning and welcome on to the Women's Hockey Facebook page alongside Chase Clemens, Chase Beardsley, and Trey Matthews. I'm Ari Wall here for another very special edition of What You're Talking About. And guys, the season's creeping up on us. It's coming up this weekend with the first scrimmage, and it's great to be talking some more women's hockey with you guys here today. Always a pleasure, Ari. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun season, so very excited to talk some more hockey today. Now that we've got dual chases, it'll be fun to see uh, oh, which yeah. chase takes the first <laughs> answer on these questions. But uh, as we get started, let's continue to look ahead towards this season and really just the overall growth of this program. And you look at where this team started. Lindsay Ellis has been here for so long, and she's built this program to where it is. So let's sort of take a look at where this program has come from, Chase. Give us a little insight into how this program has built into where it is today. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that has happened since the inception of this program a couple of years back. I mean, this team was one of the worst teams in the league when it first started, barely getting any wins and barely having enough players to play with. And now we're at the point where they're recruiting players from Canadian U universities all over Canada, Eastern U.S. That's pretty good for a program like this. You look at some other uh Arizona programs that are starting out. I mean, U of A mainly bringing in a lot of Arizona natives, and that's what you see when these uh, WWCHL teams first come into the league. You see them recruit players from around their neighboring areas, and then they start to branch out because you start to get a name for yourself. And now look at where we're at. Could not be any better for Coach Lindsey Ellis. Absolutely. The process of getting to here is never e easy. It's very tedious. But at the same time, I think this program should be very proud of how far they've come. And just this past year, they won regionals and qualified for nationals for the first time in program history. And it's just I, I think we saw the emotions from Coach Lindsey Ellis after they clinched that uh, series victory over GCU. Uh, that punched their ticket to Boston for Nationals because it ju just look at how far they've come as a program. Like you said, I, I think I uh, watched an interview somewhere where Lindsay would like, you know, gather the uniforms and just like leave it in her house or something like that because there weren't that many people to like, you know, take care of them. But at, at the same time, it's just like seeing some players that are still on the, the team from all those years ago. It's just it's just amazing to see how far this program has come, and I think Lindsey Ellis and company are very happy for where it's at right now. Well, and it seems like this season will be another step in, in the right direction. A lot of exciting freshman players from outside of Arizona, Chase, like you mentioned, from Canada, from North Dakota. So last year, I wasn't here, but um, from what y'all tell me, it sounded like it was a fun season, and I think <laughs> this year it's going to be even more action on the ice. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at where this program was, and last year, obviously, a, one of the best seasons in program history, if not the best season, getting to nationals. And this year, the lineups are going to look a little bit different, and they're going to have some new faces, players departing, and some new freshmen that are going to try to come in and take that spot. And Chase, you gave us some of your early lineup predictions before the roster was finalized, but now that we've got a new sort of look at the roster, you're going to give us some of your new predictions and hopefully we'll have a graphic on screen for you at the moment. So let's take a look at some of these new lineups, Chase, that you've built out for the forwards to start off with. Yeah. And, uh, break it down for us. Absolutely. I mean, it's still kind of hard to predict everything uh, since, like, this is Lindsay Ellis we're talking about. Um, she is hard to predict sometimes. So uh, I kind of have the first two lines staying the same uh, with Logan Satura, Ellie McKenna, and Brianne Powell somewhere on the top two lines. Jill Ketchum, Sam Murphy, and Sydney Paulson. I feel like that line is pretty much concreted. These players have such good chemistry with each other, and I think that's going to continue. 
and then I kind of changed this, these bottom lines. I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, like, this player actually plays defense. Well, this is uh, kind of what they were recruited on. Um, and some of these players actually play dual position, like Anita Fleming. She is one that you can see on the blue line, but you can also see her on the forward lines. She is both a forward and defense, so it's good to see her on there. Uh, I put Evelyn Olsen in the lineup. Uh, 31 points in 25 games last season. Very, very good player. Recruited out of the, uh, the first camp, actually. Um, I believe it was the tryouts. Um, so that could be interesting to see where she ends up in the lineup. Paige Ring on the left side of the lineup. Haley Martin back on that uh, right wing position as uh, she was last year. I got Tristan Craig, Maddie Messenbrink sneaking in there. I think Mas Messenbrink is going to be a big uh, presence on that fourth line. You need someone like her in this lineup. And Tristan Craig probably going to be fighting for that lineup spot. But if she does reach her full potential, she can be a pretty decent player on the bottom line. So when looking at the bottom six, it's obviously a little hard to predict the rookies because we don't have a good sense of how comfortable they are with this program. They're still trying to get adjusted to it, and obviously the college level is different compared to high school. But the one thing I want to look for the third and fourth line is that usually throughout all of hockey, your bottom six has to play some solid lockdown defense because they're not going to generate that much scoring. So when we look at the top six for ASU, uh, who's going to be doing most of the scoring off their stick? It's going to be players like Ellie McKenna, Sydney Paulson, Sam Murphy, Jill Ketchum when she returns from injury. So I think for the bottom six on that third line, you got to look for someone like Haley Martin, a veteran, to uh, try to hold down the fort. And I said it in last week's episode, I thought uh, Haley Martin was somewhat of an X factor because the scoring production wasn't always high. But at the same time, she knew how to play physical. She knows how to work the corners. And I think the big thing that uh, keeps her in the lineup is just that she knows how to set up her teammates and maybe it'll translate into more points. And then when looking at the fourth line, I think one of our biggest talking points was, in fact, Tristan Craig because – Sometimes uh, she was there. Other times it was very inconsistent. And, very streaky. Yeah, very streaky, comes and goes. But she was a rookie. It's her first year. Like I said, it takes time to adjust, and sometimes players take longer than most. So I think for Tristan Craig, we can definitely see some scoring surges from her. But a player that I don't think we talk enough about is Maddie Messenbrink because uh, similar to Haley Martin, Messenbrink knows how to play physical, and she knows how to uh, – you know, uh, assert herself on the sheet of ice. And I think you can attest to that. We've seen her get into some hot water at times. But yeah. at, at the same time, I, I look for the veterans in Messenbrink and also Martin to just be physical on the bottom six for the Sun Devils. Yeah, and as we continue to look through those lines, we've talked about the forwards. Now let's take a look here at some of your defensive pairings as well and how those change, especially with the players departing and some of those new freshmen, they're gonna have to step up in big ways on that blue line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lindsay recruited a lot of blue liners. It's insane how many blue liners she has recruited this year. Um, that is something, as an area that I think we can all agree has been a weakness at points of times. The depth on the defense have not, has not been good. That might change this year. Uh, as we pull up the defensive pairings here. Haven't changed much here. Uh, I do have Hannah Kunz and Maddie Platson on that first pairing. Berkeley Radcliffe, Mia Jarvis on the second pairing. And Sammy Lush and Amanda Benson on the third pairing, along with Sophie Fossil becoming the uh, seventh defenseman. And a lot of rookies here, guys. I mean, again, most of their blue line left in the offseason. You got a rookie on every pairing. I think that's a good way to put it because they're going to have someone with them 
uh, someone that's experienced to be with them and kind of grow through the season. I think that's why uh, I think Lindsay's going to do something like that. So the thing about uh, defensive pairings, and we touched on this, and I want to get uh, the other chase involved as well, but um, the, the thing is, is like, I, I like a good balance. I like someone who produces offense and also defense because the name of the game in the modern hockey world is that you want a defenseman who is capable of scoring. So I think that's uh, something that ASU needs to work on, not just for their blue line, but up and down their lineup in general because we'll talk about this a little later in the show. If they really want to compete and make a deep run in nationals, they got to generate some offense. And, yes, you can rely on some of your forward pairings and maybe – Ellie McKenna, Sidney Paulson, Sam Murphy, whomever, but it also has to come from your blue line. But at the same time, you need to lock down defensively. So you need to rack up the, the hits. You need to rack up the blocks, the defensive point shares, whatever uh, the case might be in order to be successful this season. So, Chase, I want to get your opinion on defense in general for ASU and just hockey, and just hockey in, in the general sense. So, like, what do you think ASU needs to do defensively in order to be a successful team? Thanks for the question, Trey. I think the team is going to have to increase their point production um, on the defensive end. Last year they had only two defensemen with over 10 points. We're losing those players this year. Um, but like the other Chase mentioned, a lot of exciting freshmen coming in and they're dis distributed throughout the lineup evenly with veterans. So I think you're gonna see less top heavy point production for ASU's team this year and see more um, in, in the bottom, um, the bottom D pairings produce. And ASU, speed, speed, speed is, is everything in hockey. So ASU's team, I think, is going to have to do a little bit better job breaking out, getting clean, um, breakouts from their own zone, getting the puck in, and we'll see how it goes this weekend um, for the first time. Um, we'll, we'll get into uh, some of the scrim scrimmages um, upcoming, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, – the first action on ice this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun to see how this team gels off the start of things. And we've talked about some of the additions and subtractions. We showed you a graphic earlier when we were doing this a couple weeks ago. We'll pull it back up for you on screen in just a moment. So you see sort of the general additions and subtractions from this team. And, you know, we've talked about the offense. Three of the four top scorers from last year, not on the team this year. Players are going to have to step up. And so when you look at the roster right now, you could pinpoint a couple players that you're really looking forward to and what they're going to expect to bring to this offensive side. And really the team as a whole who are some of those players that stand out for you as a whole yeah i mean uh there's a bunch of rookies obviously uh Paige ring is the big one um she is going to be a great rookie this season i can feel it she had a great year last year uh with the i believe the extreme um trying to pull up a graphic right now but there she is 30 games played eight goals 16 assists 24 points in those games Number 11, watch out for her. She could be a very interesting rookie this season. I know we have other rookies coming forward, and one of them that we'll talk about in a second probably is going to be a, a great player for them. But Paige Ring is someone I would look out for. Didn't you uh, make a bold prediction saying that you think that Paige Ring will score the first goal uh, for ASU this season? I did make that bold prediction, Trey, and let me tell you why. She is a very fast player. If you put her with someone that can make passes – 
I think she can be there to put the puck in the net. So after uh, doing a bit of more research, I do like Paige Ring too. I've talked a lot about Brianne Powell as well. But the one thing that ASU needs to work on, uh, like I've been saying the past few weeks, is that they need to work on their speed a little bit because uh, I, based on my perspective, it seemed like they like to run north-south style of hockey, which nothing is wrong with that. But obviously, you usually want to use your speed to tire out your opponents at times, get deep into the offensive end, try to generate that quick offense. So I love an east-west style type of hockey. But going with Paige Ring and her overall speed and just what she can bring to this team, I definitely, definitely want to use her as an X-Factor type player to try to generate that more dynamic speed for ASU. Chase, who's the player you're looking out for? I'm excited for Evelyn Olsen. Um, you had her projected in, on the third line center spot. That's a, that's a lot on an 18-year-old freshman's shoulders. So I'm excited to see how she handles it. Um, she's, she's really going to need to you know, be great on the face-offs, potentially penalty kill, uh, maybe not right away, but it'll be in interesting to see her growth um, from September to October and see if she's given more responsibility um, from Lindsay Ellis. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so many new faces on that line, and we talk about the offense, and one of the key things is that, that power play and that penalty kill from last year. I mean, the power play was about like 17%, I think, from last year, and so certainly going to be interesting to see how that evolves over this year with, with, like you talk about, the speed. Maybe those freshmen can bring in some of those youth, that new legs, and maybe jolt that offense potentially on that power play, which is something that, I mean, Obviously, you got to be good on your special teams if you want to make a deep run into nationals. And, and another thing is when we look at the whole grand scheme of things, I mean, there's so many teams that they're going to be competing with, not just in the WWCHL, but if they do make nationals, who are some of the teams on your radar in the WWCHL, but then also beyond the Maryvilles of the world, the Liberties? Who are the teams that you're kind of looking out for as we go through this season? Uh, Trey, you want to go first? I know you're well-versed in the East Coast teams. Um, well, there, I, I, I was, like, focusing on, like, the top dogs. Like, like, like you said, all right, I know you said besides Liberty, but at the end of the day, they are the team to beat. And while doing my research yesterday, I was trying to, like, see, like, what does Liberty, what does Maryville, what do some of those top teams, like, that we consistently see in the rankings, what do they have uh, compared to uh, ASU? And I'll, I'll even throw in a, another one, Indiana Tech. It's uh, – fairly new program that I, I think they've been around for like uh, three or so years but uh, the one thing I saw from like uh, Indiana Tech when I was able to uh, announce for a, a couple of their games was that it, you just saw that the offensive production was there in terms of points and something that ASU needs to work on is that they need to work on their special team so penalty kill was pretty decent last year not the best but not the worst either but their power play they really got to work on that so if ASU really wants to get a little higher in the rankings which by the way they did a phenomenal job last season in which they were able to like what was their highest ranking like seventh yeah they, they debuted at 10th of early in the year in about November and then they got all the way up to seven was the final rankings before nationals they were at number seven in the country absolutely so I think for ASU, they just need to build around their stars just a little bit more. And, and it was a feeling out process last year, but it worked because once again, they were able to get to nationals. But if they really want to be able to like compete with some of those top tier teams, then they really need to get some more offensive production. Special teams needs to improve and you need some solid goaltending. So I know it was a bit of a 
rotating door last year in terms of their goaltending. But now since Carson Hellman is fully back, I think uh, given how she performed in the playoffs and late into the regular season, she is definitely going to be the go-to girl for Lindsay Ellis in between the pipes. So I think for ASU, you need strong goaltending, you need to be good in special teams, and you need high point production if they want to be ranked one through five. And we'll see how ASU fares in all of that world. And Chase, I want to highlight this, the WWCHL side of things with you for a second because I know you put together a graphic of sort of the outlook of the WWCHL, some potential future teams. So why don't you talk a little bit about not only the teams that are in the WWCHL right now, but also some of the teams that may join and what that impact could look like, how that might look like for ASU. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of potential schools that could totally get WWCHL teams or ACHA teams. I think, if, you know, first off, it will be more fun. There will be more competition out west. Uh, these guys won't have to travel as much, which is they would probably be like, oh, Man, thank God. But here's a map um, of some schools that I could see getting them. There are a couple that already have schools. You see a GCU, you see U of A, which is coming into the, the uh, league next year. You got Wyoming up there. You got all those Colorado teams. Montana, uh, one of the most Western schools besides uh, Utah also and all the Arizona schools. But let's think more West for a second. Let's think more West. This is going to take time. It takes time to set up a program. I mean, you see it with U of A. You saw it with ASU when they came into the league. But here's some uh, teams that I think could very well get some teams. Uh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas now has the Golden Knights, as we all know of. Emily Klein, a former Sun Devil, actually came from that program. So you could see something like that being thrown into Vegas. I mean, they have a lot of facilities. They have the Henderson Silver Knights facility out in Henderson. You could totally use that. Um, you have UCLA, I mean, big school there. Um, totally do that. Um, go into the Bay Area, you got Stanford, you got uh, Cal Berkeley, go up even more north. You got Oregon, the two Oregon schools, and you got Washington. There's a lot of good potential schools out there, especially with the Bay Area getting a lot more ice rinks in, in the future. There's some good ones there. I, I just threw Alaska up there for fun because there's five players on here. Or, there's quite a bit of Alaskan players on this team and all over the league. Throw them in there. Why not? Well, Chase, who do you see as the next school that's most likely to come into the WWCHL? Yeah, um, I also forgot to mention NAU. That would be a cool Arizona rivalry. But I think if I had to make a betting guess right now, it would be UNL, uh, UNLV, uh, which is uh, University of Las Vegas. Look, Emily Klein came from there. There is a strong program being built there of hockey. Hockey belongs in Las Vegas. And I mean, Vegas obviously won the Stanley Cup this year. Play a women's hockey team in there. I feel like they would get a lot of visitors. And hey, like you can even go play at like the Henderson Silver Knights Arena out in Henderson. Very nice uh, place, very nice arena. There's a lot of different uh, arenas they could play out there in Las Vegas. So I think if I had to be a betting man, they're next after U of A comes in the league next season. Well, if there's more road trips to Vegas uh, <laughs> in our future, I would not be complaining. I would not complain either. I'm sure Trey wouldn't complain either. Well, well I don't know what that's supposed to mean. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I do want to add uh, one more thing. So you talked about teams that could potentially join uh, the WWCHL. And I want to uh, go back to what I was saying earlier in terms of like what ASU uh, just needs to focus on themselves because obviously there's a lot of good options out there. But I, I know ASU, I think they're comfortable for where they're at for the time being. But 
Um, the, the one thing I want uh, ASU to also work on, and I think you can attest to me on this one, is consistency because um, I, I'm going to compare them to uh, two schools I know very well, Michigan and Michigan State. And the one thing about Michigan Michigan State, based on my history of uh, being able to announce some of their games, is that they were never really consistent, which is why they were sort of like middle of the pack. So I will... So do you think ASU needs to work on the consistency just a little bit, or do you think it was there? Because they did have some heartbreaking losses last year. Uh, I think I date back to that Michigan game in January and also maybe a couple of uh, games against GCU. Uh, I, I think it is something to watch out for. Um, I think, you know, especially with the loss in the final game against GCU, or not, it was a tie actually, and then the loss earlier in the season. But I think that tie really spoke out to me, and that's, like, why Lindsey Bryan so many players is because she didn't have really any reliable scratches last season to really put into this lineup that she could really trust to score or produce or anything. And now she's got that. you got a lot of good extra forwards. And I think uh, when you get to the end of the season and you start playing the WWCHL teams, which debatably they're way better. ASU is way better than those WWCHL teams. When you're getting into that final stretch, you're going to throw in someone like Quinny Inger to give Carson Hellman some rest. You're going to throw in some other forwards and defensemen um, like Livy Lavelle um, to go play in the forward group and, you know, get some time off the main players so they are all rested for playoffs. And, you know, three players were knocked out with concussion in the final game of the season last year against GCU. I'm sure Coach Lindsey Ellis does not want that happening again. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about the roster as a whole, and we highlighted Paige Ring, we highlighted Evelyn Olsen, and some of the key rookies that we're looking forward to. But I want to sort of look into the total awards, sort of highlight a couple of early season, preseason award predictions. And so as we look at the team as a whole, a team MVP, I know Carson Hellman was the WWCHL MVP last year when they won, you know, and she could very well be your team MVP if you contribute her success in that as the biggest factor. But if you could highlight one player that you think is going to be the team MVP this season, who would it be? Yeah, um, there's a lot of players to choose from. Obviously, there's a lot of new ones, but I might go with one that you guys aren't expecting, and that's Sydney Paulson. Um, Paulson was freakishly good last year, okay? Look, she transferred uh, to ASU, and this was after not playing a lot of hockey in the past couple years. Look at that, 27 points in 24 games played. If we get Sydney Paulson in this prime time, um, now that she has readjusted to playing hockey, now that she's going to be in ASU for a whole season, I mean, she could be one of the best players on this team, especially on that line with uh, someone like Jill Catchum or someone I'm sure Trey or Chase is going to mention in a second, um, the other forward on that line. But Sydney Paulson, I think she could be a dark horse for the MVP of this year. Dang it, Chase! You picked my you you picked my selection. Did I actually? Yes, you did. <laughs> I also want to add to that. Great uh, minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to add to that. Sydney Paulson. I, I think a game that really spoke out to me was Game Two against Michigan State. Not only did she have a hat trick, she had another uh, goal added on to that. So yeah. she had four total goals against the Spartans, and I was just like, you know what? Sydney Paulson really picked it up second half of the year, and you said no one else. You didn't expect any of us to pick it. I was like. No, I was going to pick that. I was going to pick that. But anyway, uh, I'll, there's another player that I want to highlight, and uh, this is not a tap out. I, I, genu I genuinely believe that this person can go back-to-back, -back, in the words of Drake, and that is 
Carson Hellman because Hellman was so essential second half of the year for ASU while we're on the subject of people who really stepped up during the month of January. So for Carson Hellman, obviously we can see the record 10-2 and she had a goals against average of 1.56 and a save percentage of 931 WWCHL MVP. So Carson Hellman, I just said it like moments ago, goaltending is so crucial. It is vital. It is essential. It is going to be life or death for any hockey program. So I think Carson Hellman, given that uh, the competition that ASU is going to have to face down the road, and if they want to make a deep run in Nationals, you need a brick wall in front of the net. So once again, it is not a tap out, but I want Carson Hellman to go back to back for MVP for ASU. Uh, she was right there behind you, Trey, actually. There, there she is. <laughs> right here uh, doing a great job. <laughs> doing a great job. Behind us. Chase, uh, I mean, you got to go with the easy one here, right? I don't know if this is what you're expecting, but how about Sam Murphy, guys? Yeah. Second line center. This will be her junior year. She's the second um, leading returner in points um, from last season. She had six goals, 10 assists, 16 points. Like I said, second um, on the team behind Miss um, Paulson, and she's going to have her on her line. And I think being on the second line, she's not always going to face you know those top defensive matchups from the other team. So I think Murphy's going to rack up some points and have a banner year. And like uh, we said about Sydney Paulson, she uh, Sam Murphy is going to be here for a full season. Uh, last year, obviously, in Norwich, and then she had that readjustment period almost. Uh, I think she could have gotten more points uh, if she didn't go to Norwich, obviously, or, you know, longer adjustment period. These two players could be on an unreal level this year. I'm excited to watch this line. Yeah, and I think you, you look at, like I said earlier, the, the offense. We've talked about the offensive production and where they're going to get it from. And I think, yeah, like you, you said a couple times, it's sort of maybe a little bit of an overreaction. You're going to have Sam Murphy for what we assume is a full season. And, you know, we've got a lot of rookies that we're going to be coming in and making their impact. And so we might see a lot of breakout stars. And with that being said, is there someone you're looking forward to to have their most improved season? If you could pick someone right now that's going to have the biggest jump from last year to this year, obviously excluding any rookies, who do you see as some of the players that were here from last year that might make a big jump and make a big impact this year? All right, guys, it's time for a hot take that I've had for a while. <laughs> oh you guys boy. ready for this? Drum roll, yep, please. Logan Satura, let's bring her up. Um, I mean, 16 games played in the regular season. Uh, two goals, three assists, five points. All right, not a very good uh, rookie season. Need time to adjust, obviously. But then the playoffs, coming out party for her. Five games played, two goals, three assists, five points. Really, really good for the youngster herself. Um, so I chose her to have a breakout season. If she continues what she did in the playoffs, I think she could be a really, really good forward for this team. And, I mean, she was incredible during that, that playoff run. Including in Nationals, the, uh, one of those points were in Nationals. So she was one of the only Sun Devils to score or register a point in Nationals. I really think she could really have a coming out year if she puts the playoff uh, mode in the full season. Okay, so the one thing I say for Logan is that early on in the year, she was battling with some injuries, so Absolutely. that definitely put a hinder, and she was a rookie, so that just adds insult to injury. So I definitely uh, see where you're coming from in that sort of aspect, and I do expect for Logan to have a much bigger role for ASU this upcoming season. She'll be more comfortable. She'll be more adjusted, 
and I think she'll definitely have a bigger impact. And we saw it during regionals. You saw it during nationals in Boston. So Logan Satara is a good pick. So my personal pick for who I think is going to have a big uh, improvement this year, let's go with another player who's entering their sophomore year, and that is Tristan Craig, who swapped over to number uh, 17. But the one thing I liked about Tristan Craig was that we talked about it early on the show. Sometimes it was there, sometimes it wasn't, very inconsistent. And quite honestly, her role with the team isn't going to be as uh, as big uh, compared to Satara because we saw your lineup projections early on in the show. But the one thing I want to say for uh, Tristan Craig is that she'll, get, she'll be more comfortable, she'll be more adjusted to uh, the roster, and hope, hopefully we can put up a graphic at some point. But at the... We, do, we don't have a graphic? All right. Well, anyway, I, I think for Tristan Craig, we're definitely going to – and we got a photobomb from, from Riley Armstrong. Hi, Riley. <laughs> Never know what's going to happen on live TV. That's going to go That's gonna go on the reel. But not, anyway. Not only did you get a photobomb, oh you got me jumping in the show. So, where's your suit? Where, where, if I'm I, a little dressed down. If I have to wear, I had to wear a button-down shirt, but you can wear a T-shirt and shorts. Yeah, this is last. Okay, okay. 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 Let, wait, wait, wait. let me just finish up my point. thought. Let me, let me finish up my thought real quick. Okay. Good morning, by the way, to everyone back at home. Can I finish my sentence? I'm not done. <laughs> okay, I got interrupted by Riley, and I got interrupted by you. Right, go I'm ahead. finishing my sentence. Got it. Now, as I was saying, <clears throat> I think Tristan will definitely have a bigger role on the um, on the roster. She'll be more comfortable, and it was sometimes there, it sometimes wasn't, but can she keep that spark going? And I think she will. Uh, she just has to find her group early and start good, from, and she has to start uh, good, and she has to finish good as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Joe, you got anybody? <laughs> do I have anybody? Yeah, who who you see from, even though you're not going to be watching the team live and in person, but if you could pick somebody from last year's squad, or if you want to go back to the MVP question and pick a team MVP, either one, you can answer whatever you want. Oh, man, you know, if I have to go with the standout player so far, you know, like, you know, I mean, it's a lot of good talent on the team, obviously, coming in this year, but, you know, I mean, I think somebody you have to watch out for, and that's going to be Joe Ketchum. I mean, I've been saying her last show coming out to this one. I mean, Joe Ketchum. She went out last year with an injury, year before that, second on the team in points. And like I said, expect her to be a really big player this year on the offense, and especially being paired back up again with Samantha Murphy. Yeah, uh, I'm going to rip something off real quick, Ari, because we haven't talked about this rookie yet. I feel like we should, and that's Brienne Powell. Guys, she is probably one of the most hyped-up rookies in a long time for this ASU squad. She was very good when she played. Um, a couple of seasons ago, obviously last season, she did not play due to injury. But uh, the season before that, 17 games played, seven goals, nine assists, 16 points. Again, she was injured uh, all of last season, and she still managed to skate with the team. And she kept up with all of them. It's impressive what Brianne Powell has done. Number 15, look out for her opening night. Look out for her the whole season, especially if Coach Lindsey Ellis puts her on top line with some very, very good players like at Ellie McKenna. You could see Brienne Powell just totally light up this league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the, all those players that you've mentioned and so many big names to look out for, and we just want to let you know here as well before we finish up this episode in just a moment. But you look at uh, – we're going to go to uh, the broadcast 
for this season. They're not going to be on the uh, Women's Hockey Facebook page like they have been in the past. They're going to be broadcast on Inferno TV, which is going to be available. You can go on YouTube right now or after the show. You can just type in inf at Inferno TV dash ASU and you'll be able to subscribe to the YouTube channel and keep up with all of the live streams there as well. So all of these home games are going to be on Inferno TV. We're really excited to bring those for you um, all throughout the regular season. And so as we finally wrap up this episode, um, I just want to get one last look at the roster and just the overall season. We've talked about it quite a bit, but if you just have just a couple minute long thought about how you see this team shaping out, some of your predictions for the season as a whole, and maybe if they do win a game in nationals, how far do you think they'll go? Yeah, I think um, there's going to be a lot of important things for this upcoming season. I mean, uh, real quickly, I do want to mention some of the defensemen because I don't think we've touched on them enough. Uh, Berkeley Radcliffe uh, is one that I would really want to look at. Uh, she's going to step up this year because Flo Odd's going to be gone. She'll be one of the top defensemen this year. Um, again, 7 points, 21 games played last year, and then 17 points the year before. And then Hannah Kunz is another great defenseman that's going to be on this roster. Uh, really good last season as well. This blue line is going to be important, and this this team will go as far as their blue line goes, as far as the blue line takes them. They just need to, you know, get together, solidify their blue line, make sure everyone's meshing well. A lot of rookies on that blue line. Um, I think this team's still good. I think this team's going to be great. I think the WWCHL um, finalists will be them. I think they will go back to nationals. Right now, as it stands, I do think they'll win the game of Nationals. I think they're that good. So here's the uh, final rankings uh, from late February. So Liberty was obviously number one. Then two was Midland. Three was Minnesota State. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Four was Adrian College. Five was Indiana Tech. Six was Maryville. Then McKendry at eight. Michigan at nine. Miami at ten. And uh, obviously had the Minnesota Golden Gophers there at times. Uh, Michigan Dearborn which is a different school but anyway um, when looking at like some of those ranked teams and we talked early on it during the episode the one thing that ASU needs to just focus on they need to focus on offensive production consistency and solid goaltending and I think we could get that from Hellman so my thing is is like I definitely think that this team can improve but the one thing I said a few weeks ago is that it's never easy to go back to back that's the thing. Like, you're going to have a lot of teams that are gunning for you and want to uh, dethrone you. So that's one thing ASU needs to also uh, work on, which is, like, they need to know that it's not going to be a cakewalk. You're going to get some of those teams that definitely want to come away with the upset victory because everyone wants to come for the champion. And it's so hard to go back-to-back -back in any given sport. So my thing for ASU is that I think they, they, they are primed for greatness this year. But at the same time, it's not going to be easy. But they are the favorites, but we'll see what happens. And so as we sort of wrap this thing up, we've talked a lot about the team. I want to talk just for a moment about the broadcast team for a minute because, Joseph, this is your last show before you head down to Louisiana to go with the Zydeco for a season, first full season. And I, so I was going to say, that, that <laughs> wasn't a Baton Rouge Zydeco microphone or uh, mic flag. I was no, a little wondering what, what happens. Represent the WWC. <laughs> yeah, you're going, to the, you're going to the Big Easy. Oh, the yeah. Big Easy, that's right. Go who and, dat? Uh, make us proud here. <laughs> at the yeah, everyone knows I love my Saints. <laughs> no, no, seriously, who dat? I don't know who that is. Moving uh, on, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, uh, I want to hear from you first, but then also from both of you, and I'll share my thoughts as well. Uh, we've covered this team, I mean, you longer than most of us. 
What are some of your favorite moments, some of the things that you're going to remember uh, as you get set to leave and hopefully uh, take those for you with you and uh, move on to the Zydeco? Well, obviously, you know, I mean, starting with you guys, everything, you know, you guys know, like, how much fun it was every single weekend. I don't think I can really pick, you know, anything. I mean, just getting the chance to come here, set up, you know, getting to do everything every single weekend, getting the chance to learn, you know, from everyone and having a good time. Like I said, you guys know all the stories, all the behind-the-stuff scenes we always deal with. Uh, you know, like I said, that stuff was always fun. Going to be, you know, great time setting up graphics till 1 in the morning, you know, doing 10 minutes of work and then t two hours of talking and then not get any graphics done. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like I said, a lot of fun with you guys. Had a lot of fun. Um, you know, another guy, too, just a shout-out, Nick Batters, a uh, longtime broadcaster here before me. I was here uh, uh, helping this program grow, and he had uh, was able to pass it along to me and, uh, you know, help this thing grow. And now giving it off to you guys, and you guys are going to take care of it, too. And, uh it's going to be a lot of fun for you guys, and I'm excited for what you guys have in store this year for, you know, all the new things that you guys got going. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to a lot of new things. Uh, Chase, Trey, why don't you give your thoughts? Uh, okay, go, you, uh, you want to uh, go? <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go for it. So I think one of my favorite moments, I think I can speak for everyone, was getting to tra travel to Colorado and uh, see the team win uh, the, the, the regionals for the first time in program history uh, i think it meant a lot to a, a lot of different people but joseph you recruited me on uh summer 2022 and it's been a whirlwind ever since hasn't been perfect and sometimes and uh you know yeah it hasn't been i'll just say that it hasn't been perfect but it's been great and it's been and i'm excited to see where this broadcast team goes because you know it started with nick batters and it started with you and it was just a few people at first and now this has grown into something a little bit bigger, given opportunities for a lot of different people. One thing I will not miss, as you can tell right now, I am freezing cold, all right? <laughs> That's I will not miss that. I hope <laughs> it's that, freezing I, cold I, in I, here. I, I, hope, I hope your girlfriend is watching this because she's just gonna she's gonna say that's your fault. And, and for once, uh, I will I will. I was production today. I wasn't expecting Still, this. Still, you could have worn a, a jacket or something. But I, yeah, I hope your girlfriend is watching this so she oh can chew God. you yeah. out. But okay. But, but yeah, uh, final thought. Yeah. It's just like. Nationals was a big moment, and just this, the memories we make with this team, the memories we make with each other, I think it's very special, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. All thanks to Lindsay Ellis, too, for always putting Absolutely. this thing together, dealing Absolutely. with our broadcast team and uh, you know, letting us do this. And uh, thank you to everyone at home wait, that's always watching. Wait, so. Chase has to share. Uh, yeah, I got to share mine. <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 sorry Joe. We're just I know, I know you going right leave. over you. <laughs> um, I mean, Joe, uh, there's so many words I could say, so I'll cut it short because I know you want to go say goodbye to some teams. But... I love you, man. You're my best friend. Um, without you, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be as, you know, uh, sacked on resumes or whatever as I, as I am right now. And, like, you know, hopefully one day I'll get to go broadcast with you, but you're going to make it to the NHL one day, man. I know you will because you're that good and you're that awesome. So Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's going to be Emotional fun. Uh, leave on the, tomorrow uh, morning. So, yeah. Shut up, Ari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like Trey was saying, too, to see how – Oh, I'll be watching the streams. Yeah, you'll be watching. I'll be picking you'll be everything apart that you guys are doing, getting the text. I wouldn't expect, <laughs> I wouldn't expect Hano, anything different. Down, all right? Would not expect <laughs> anything different. Mercy. You uh, trade. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut up. But, yeah, I'm just kidding. To wrap this thing up, uh, guys, thank you so much for watching again here on the Hockey Facebook page. But as a reminder, the games will not be here on the Facebook page. They'll be on Inferno TV's YouTube channel, so you can go at InfernoTV-ASU to go and see that channel. That's where all the 
women's hockey and also everything else that we cover here at Inferno TV will be. And real quick, Ari, uh, what you're talking about? The radio show returns uh, Friday at 8.30 a.m. So make sure to tune in. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in here on the women's hockey page of what you're talking about. Chase Clemens was here earlier. He had to leave. He was replaced by Joseph Furtado. So for both of them and for Chase Beardsley and Trey Matthews and also everyone here behind the scenes making this thing happen, we say thank you so much for tuning in. We hope to see you on the Inferno TV broadcast in the future. Thanks so much.